Welcome to the DLA Piper Tech Law podcast series in preparation of the European Technology Summit 2021 to be held on the 5th of October. My name is Floris de Witt. I'm a senior associate based in the Amsterdam office of DLA Piper. Today we have David Bignell with us. David is an analyst in the thematic research team at Global Data, a leading data and analytics company operating for a wide variety of clients. Welcome, David. And may I ask you to introduce yourself? Thanks, Boris. Yes, my name is uh, David Bicknell. I'm principal analyst in the thematic team at uh, Global Data. Uh, we look at the world through uh, the idea of themes, disruptive themes, uh, and we define a theme as something that keeps the chief executive awake at night. Uh, we look at a number of themes from uh, ESG to AI to cybersecurity, and smart cities is one of those uh, disruptive themes that we've been keeping an eye on for a time. Thank you, David. And for the benefit of our listeners, note that this podcast precedes a panel discussion where David will be joining us um, and which is set to explore emerging technologies as part of the Technology Summit. Um, now we'll move on to the main topic of today and also referred to by uh, David, smart cities. The world is becoming more complex, uncertain and fast moving uh, than ever before which is why it is crucial to pay attention to future developments and technologies. We are at the beginning of a digital age, which will be, and for a large part already is, incorporated into our daily lives. Since more and more people are moving towards the cities, it's not a matter of uh, if we need to rethink or reshape traditional cities, but more a matter of when. Therefore, it can be said that it is our responsibility to think about ways to shape the cities of tomorrow in order to keep the cities both welcoming and livable. So David, thanks for joining us. May I uh, first ask to give our listeners a sense of uh, what we're going to talk about. Can you explain what a smart city entails? Smart city is, is using uh, modern uh, technologies to provide insight uh, and data that uh, enables the, the, the city to run more effectively. It will make use of those technolo technologies such as uh, AI, machine learning, the internet of things, sensors, which will provide uh, data, uh, which can then be analyzed and um, uh, then, then used to ensure that city systems uh, run effectively, uh, that we make the best use of uh, energy, that uh, transport systems run effectively. Uh, and uh, in the wake of the last year, uh, that cities are able to deal with uh, anything from a health uh, perspective uh, that, uh, that they have to deal with now and indeed uh, in the future, of course, as well. Mm -hmm. So the term smart, I think, is relative, right? It's, it can apply to larger infrastructural uh, implementations and all, also smaller scale innovations. Can you give a few examples of, uh, of, of these smart city technologies? Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I think, you know, we're, we're obviously conscious of the fact that we're living in a, in a world where uh, consumption of energy uh, has, to, has to be sort of reined back. So we'll be using things like in homes, things like uh, smart meters, uh, to make the best sort of use of uh, energy. Um, we need to keep people safe on the streets. So uh, 
street lights will be using the sort of most up-to-date uh, technologies, but those street lights will also provide insight on what is happening on, on, on streets. They'll also provide details of air quality, which is another increasingly important issue from a health uh, perspective. Uh, and also um, uh, uh, the use of surveillance to, you know, to keep people safe uh, on the streets, uh, provide uh, cameras in terms of what is happening to, uh, to traffic. Uh, and, for example, use uh, parking systems to ensure that people don't, uh, cars don't spend ages driving around, burning more energy, looking for a parking space. So it's a, a mix of all of those different things. Uh, make sure that buildings are run effectively, that they're smart buildings, that they're um, environmentally um, uh, better used. All of those things are part of the smart city. Mm -hmm. um, in, in terms of urbanization, by 2050, um, uh, nearly 70% of the world's uh, population will live in cities against 50% now. Do you think the creation of smart cities will help facing the challenges that come with such uh, urbanization, for example, in the, in the infrastructure of cities? Yes, I, I think so. I think we've, we've been talking about smart cities over the last sort of two or three years. And I think maybe the, 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 the definition will change, uh, particularly in the wake of what's happened in the last uh, year. Um, it, it's not going to be about, you know, glossy use of sensors spewing out lots of data uh, and, and a race to create the more, you know, the most advanced sort of technological city. I think everything has to be seen in the wake of what's happened in the last year. Um, uh, community is important. Healthcare is important. Uh, the way cities are being used now from a sort of commuting point of view is, is changing too. So there will be something of a reset. I think we will be using technology still. Uh, there will be the use of things like uh, digital twins, which is an exciting new technology that um, is being used in, in numerous sectors and is being adopted uh, in cities too. Um, we'll, be, we'll be more... Uh, aware of how we can use AI, what the sort of you know dangers of using AI, what the assumptions of it are, will be better. Um, we'll have a better use of machine learning, um, and I think all of those sort of uh, technologies going forwards will mean that we can make cities safer, run more efficiently, uh, be more health aware, and as people move towards uh, into cities and those city populations increase, that the city is, is able to, to run more effectively. It's not about uh, cities humming on a number of sensors. It's about the city uh, running effectively uh, and, and running safely. And, and I think that the last year has certainly taught us that. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned uh, digital twins. Um, this is something I came across in my practice as well. But it may be a concept that's not uh, familiar to some of our listeners. Can you explain what it is and, and how it's being used? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I wrote a report uh, about it for the, for the thematic team uh, last year. But I first came across it two or three years ago when uh, I was actually looking at 3D printing. And you could use uh, digital twins to get a representation of what was, what was being printed from a 3D printing point of view. Uh, and so I've had a lot of interest in, uh, in, in it since then. 
I mean, it's interesting that the, the use of digital twins goes back way to um, the Apollo 13 days when NASA had to get the Apollo 13 crew back and had to start using different simulations of, uh, of scenarios to work out uh, how that would happen. Because they didn't call it digital twins in those days. And, and there is a great picture of, uh, of uh, mission control all trying to work out what to do. Um, so uh, Apollo 13 was the forerunner of digital twins. Digital twins really is a, uh, is a, a sort of uh, a digital representation of a physical thing, which can then be updated and fed with data, uh, which in then enables you to simulate uh, future scenarios. Uh, you know, so they've been around for a long time, but they really are sort of particularly taking off in an urban situation. Uh, and it's not necessarily about one digital twin. It may be that there's multiple digital twins, which you, which you have to integrate within, within the city. But the, uh, the urban world is certainly a really important uh, use case for, for digital twins. Um, and all of those scenarios that I mentioned earlier, uh, and particularly the sort of climate change uh, will make uh, great use of digital twins. That's interesting to see, right, that these uh, existing uh, ideas are now applied in the context uh, of, of, for example, smart cities and the modern day challenges that come with it around the use of data, around the collection of data, etc. Um, you, you mentioned earlier uh, the, the, uh, the world as it is happening now and, and the pandemic and the impacts of the global pandemic. Do you think uh, governments and municipalities and, and private sector investors across Europe and, and indeed in the world now having to prioritize the building of more resilient uh, rather than smart cities in order to help their citizens and cities better um, with uh, stance recurring natural or uh, man-made catastrophes in the future? I think so. I think smart cities, um, if not in name, will become resilient cities uh, or maybe sustainable uh, cities. I think, I think we've seen that. That's going to have to sort of uh, happen. Um, we'll have to learn the lessons from the, from, from the last year. Um, obviously, um, finances have been hit. They've been hit around the world, hit from a government perspective, from a private company's point of view, and obviously from a city's perspective too. So moving forwards, I think cities will have to sort of cut their cloth accordingly. And, and the resilience will be financial resilience. It will be healthcare resilience. Um, and, and, and I guess everyone, even sort of population, will be thinking from a resilience point of view of sort of uh, balancing back. I think also, um, you know, we're, we're getting to the stage where we're beginning to open up. But there are there are concerns with sort of uh, variants, so I, I, I think it's not a question of, of necessarily pressing the sort of go button and 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 wanting to sort of do more from an innovation point of view. Uh, it's a balance between doing that, uh, understanding where we are, uh, and cities uh, emphasising their resilience. And I think some of the um, various different schemes that are coming together that people like uh, organisations like Bloomberg have. Uh, put together various different competitions, which are emphasizing um, the, the need for resilience. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, even with fewer resources uh, and, and budget shortfalls, 
that there are still uh, um, these these innovative urban solutions, uh, as indeed reflected in in the Bloomberg um, uh, challenge that um, that you refer to. Um, in in that challenge, you see relatively little European cities, isn't it? There was this um, the the AI city challenge, in which uh, Chinese entrants uh, swept all five categories, uh, featuring technologies to improve civic life. Do you think? Well, more generically, where do you think Europe stands, and and is are European and private uh, and public sectors lagging behind? I, I don't think I don't think Europe is is lagging from an AI point of view, but it's just doing things slightly differently. It's talked about doing digital innovation hubs. Uh, there's an organisation that's been set up which is sort of AI for cities, and I think you've got sort of places like uh, Helsinki. Uh, Tallinn, I think, uh, um, Rotterdam, those sorts of places are all involved in those particular um, uh, uh, examples. I mean, it, it, it's clear that the China and Chinese cities are very strongly using AI. Uh, it, 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 is, it is a sort of national goal to be a sort of world leader uh, in AI. And I noticed that there was uh, about six months ago, uh, an example came about where uh, there was a, a Chinese city which is almost completely going to run uh, on, on AI. I think it's called Cloud Valley. So when you've got examples like that uh, happening uh, and China putting a lot of uh, it, its eggs into the AI basket, it's perhaps not surprising that, uh, that um, it, uh, there are a lot of AI awards. Those particular AI awards, I think, were all around transportation. Uh, but you're right uh, that they are making a, um, a big effort in AI and Europe and other regions will have to make sure that they, uh, they don't get left behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So staying with the topic of AI, regulatory frameworks around um, the development and deployment of AI and AI-related technologies globally are still forming and evolving, uh, whether in relation to big data management and security. Um, and in our experience, the, the regulatory regime that surrounds the collection and use of, of personal data is relatively well established, but for specific appliances uh, such as AI and the analysis and use in, in that context, new legislation is, is being developed. Does this amplify the importance of the privacy by design agenda um, insofar as this is a useful means for relevant stakeholders to anticipate and prevent uh, privacy evasive events rather than waiting for them to occur. We are seeing uh, a, a, a major focus from regulators around the world on ensuring that um, uh, big tech is, 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 uh, is, 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 is reined into a certain extent from a, from a data privacy point of view. Um, and, and, and I think there is just a, a broader understanding uh, that that we that we need to make sort of data privacy uh, data privacy work uh, not just in smart cities but 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 across the board. For us on the advisory side of the wider uh, ecosystem dedicated to the employment of smart or resilient cities, what do you think our principal focus should be in supporting governments or municipalities or enterprises, entrepreneurs, citizens? I think a global sort of uh, uh, 
player from a, from a legal's perspective, like like DLA, will will be representing different parts of the of, of that ecosystem at, at, at different times. It, it will be representing the governments. It will be representing startups. It will be you know representing maybe sort of city authorities, uh, and, and you'll play different roles with with with, with different with different clients. Um, uh, uh, th throughout the engagement, and, uh, uh, and, and and that's something that you you must do um, uh, for your various clients. So I, I think you will you you will you will do what needs to be done, and you will not necessarily represent you know one of those different sort of entities, but 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 effectively represent uh, all of them uh, over over the course of a particular engagement and an organisation. Uh, like uh, DLA is uh, is well equipped to do that. I, I very much recognize what you say. Uh, we indeed do that, and we often help uh, all these parties involved in in the transition. Uh, uh, generally, in we we like helping them in their transitions, digital transition. We do that across the firm. Uh, I see my corporate colleagues doing that in the context of M&A. Uh, I do it often in the licensing practice when procuring new technologies. My privacy uh, colleagues are helping out with uh, the, the product side of things and implementing new technologies. So indeed, um, we, we see various parties involved in the spectrum um, and, and we assist them in this transition indeed. You'll, um, you'll play various roles, won't you, uh, you know, as, as needed? From a technical point of view, from a licensing point of view, uh, from an M&A point of view, from a finance point of view, uh, you know that there, there, there will be different uh, needs um, across across the smart city uh, where 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 your sort of services will will, will be needed from a legal uh, point of view, uh, and you'll and you'll play the the right card accordingly, depending on who the client is, what the situation is. Uh, what the need is. Um, so uh, uh, absolutely, there, there is- Yeah, indeed. And because we help various parties, we often understand the needs of the other parties as well, which can uh, be helpful in reaching a deal because you understand where the other side is coming from. And of course, the other thing is you, you, you'll understand the technology and you'll, you'll understand the role of technology and, uh, and the role of your clients in providing uh, technology services to enable, in this case, um, you know, smart cities uh, to work. So your, your knowledge of, uh, of technology is, is obviously invaluable, but obviously applying some legal services uh, around that technology too. Indeed, and I, I believe you very much need to understand the technology uh, in order to be able to give proper legal advice as well. Mm. There, there are so many uh, areas, and we, we haven't sort of really talked about um, security uh, much, and we talked about data privacy, but clearly a big issue going forward for, for cities is, is, is cybersecurity. Uh, we've had a number of ransomware attacks. They, they seem to be growing. The last one that was affected was, was Tulsa, and there are still uh, still fallout from that over the data being put on the on the dark web. Um, we still don't really have clarity as to whether cities should pay ransoms or not. Uh, they, they, say, they, they say they don't, uh, but even the cost of dealing with ransomware, I think in Baltimore's case, which was about two or three years ago, was $18 million. 
no cities can be in a position uh, after what's happened in the last year where they have to spend that sort of money on, on dealing with, with ransomware. Now, I think a couple of years ago, um, uh, ransomware obviously wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Uh, we're seeing ransomware attacks all, all over the world and, and organizations like Colonial Pipeline uh, you know, uh, being affected. Um, the, the hackers know that, that, that they can create sort of uh, havoc and, 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 they can, uh, and they can make money out of sort of uh, doing this. One of the issues for cities is going to be how much they actually spend on cybersecurity. I think I read a survey that said 44% of the 50 US states, states uh, spend less than 5% of their, uh, their IT budget on a, on a security sort of perspective. So yeah, if you're going to keep the city safe from a cybersecurity perspective, you've got to be able to, to, to be able to spend the money. But of course, there are lots of different calls on the city's budget um, uh, you know, to, to use. And, 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 and particularly, you know, the big cities, the, the New Yorks, the Bostons in, in the US and, and London will spend a lot of money on, 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 on cybersecurity. It will be the, the, the smaller and the, and the medium-sized uh, cities that may have greater challenges when it comes to cutting their budget and deciding what they're going to, to, spend, to spend money yeah. on. So it's a really interesting area. Yeah, David, I, I very much recognize the, uh, the picture you paint. Um, we are frequently involved when cybersecurity attacks uh, occur, particularly around uh, having to notify uh, regulatory authorities uh, in that regard. Do you think creators of smart cities constantly searching for the balance uh, between innovation and risk? Do you think transformation is possible when maximum security is always required? It's a really good question. Um, I, I, we, we, we can't go on where, where, where cities are spending a, an inordinate sum of, of money on uh, having to deal with um, cybersecurity and recovering from, from, from cybersecurity. Um, no no uh, city uh, now, uh, particularly over what's happened in the last year, is in a financial uh, position to, to, to spend uh, money uh, having to recover from, from, from ransomware. Uh, attacks. So there is indeed a, a balance to be struck uh, between needing to be safe, uh, but also um, uh, adopting uh, innovation measures that, 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 that move us forwards, that are able to take advantage of, uh, of technology uh, and, and, and where necessary, um, you know, take, take risks. I think I think obviously that there has to be sort of uh, balanced risks, and maybe th this is this is where the the really smart cities of the future, if you'll you'll pardon the sort of description, will be the ones that get this balance right, that are able to be innovative, uh, but also cautious when it comes to um, uh, keeping a keeping keeping a hold of the of uh, the money reins, uh, and also keeping their, their, their population safe and, and keeping them and keeping them cyber safe uh, too. Um, the, 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 there's a lot of resources that are, that are spent in having to deal with cybersecurity uh, and um, in, in the wake of what's happened in the last year, we, we need to use our resources um, smartly uh, and sensibly uh, and, and get the balance right. Um, I, I almost have this picture of um, 
a movie that's been running for the last sort of uh, you know two or three years uh, from a, from a smart city's point of view, uh, 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 and now that sort of movie is sort of almost has almost stopped and and it, and it's frozen. And and as we as we rewind that film forwards, uh, as life begins to pick up again, then those frames will be new frames. There'll be new innovation that that will that will take us forwards, creating uh, a, a new film. Uh, and and that's what you know smart cities will be like in the future. Getting the balance right between the sort of technology, the issues like data privacy. The, the finance, the risk, the innovation, uh, and learning the lessons from what's happened previously to ensure that um, cities can can bounce back better uh, and, and take advantage of all those uh, different uh, schemes, learn from each other, uh, and, and and create those smart, resilient, sustainable cities of the future. I like the way you describe it. It makes it very uh visual to me. There has been criticism uh, towards big tech companies that they see the development of smart cities as a money-making project and that there are concerns that they can become too dominant in the urban technology if they gain an early foothold. Do you foresee any problems with having private companies investing and getting involved in the emerging technologies required for smart cities? I mean, there have been some organizations that have sort of departed from the sort of smart cities market because they couldn't necessarily see whether they were going to make money out of it. Um, I, I think there may be a little bit of a, a, a hiatus while organizations see where uh, the opportunities are in smart cities, whether they're in sort of tactical areas, whether they're in particular sort of uh, uh, types of, for example, I think, Seoul is doing uh, uh, some work using AI um, around its sort of sewage pipes. Um, so you, you'll, you'll see a lots of you know, different examples of technologies uh, being used. Uh, and that are obviously going to be uh, particular specialists, um, uh, organizations that have got in terms of sensors for, 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 for smart buildings. Uh, that, 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 that's going to be a sort of key area. There, there will be opportunities for large uh, technology organizations to, to, to play a role going forwards. I just don't think we'll see the, the, the big investments uh, once organizations and cities uh, have recovered a bit. We may still see some of those bigger developments uh, come in the future. But absolutely, there, there is a key role for technologies. We're talking about technology solutions, we're talking about AI, we're talking about IoT. Uh, we're talking about machine learning. We're talking about digital twins. Um, you know, the, the the technology companies are the specialists in delivery of those, and and cities would expect to use them. Yeah, and it's unlikely, I think, uh, that we can face the challenges uh, with uh, today's technology. We we absolutely we, we we need we need to be able to use the the technology, uh, and we need to implement it effectively. Um, uh, uh, and, that, and that's that's where it's um, we, we we need the uh, the, the technology companies to to provide to provide their assistance. Um, so I, I I don't think it will necessarily be a question of um, sit, uh, of, of technology organisations um, uh, making the most out of smart cities as a market. I think it will be more a question of uh, working together effectively 
perhaps on sort of uh, smaller sort of projects, on, on bespoke sort of projects, uh, and, and seeing uh, you know how that's worked. I don't I don't think the cities have got the money to be able to spend out, you know outlandish sums of money on on, on, on on technology if it's if it's not going to work. So I think everyone will be a little bit more cautious. Uh, I think the technology firms will be cautious about sort of being involved. I think cities will be careful about spending money, but absolutely technology will be used um, significantly uh, going forwards. Yeah. Looking at the near future and, and to conclude uh, the conversation we're having, what do you think the next few years will bring in terms of smart cities? Do you think the high expectations can be met or should we be more resilient instead of smart with regard to city development? I like the word uh, resilient. I think it, I think it sums up where we where we need to be, uh, and hopefully where we will be uh, going forwards. We, we, we've lost the the glossy smart cities uh, tag. Um, I think cities will need to be smart in the way they apply technology, um, but we will see this balance between, and we see it, don't we, a, a, as a result of what's happening from a climate point of view. It's going to be about resilience. It's going to be about sustainability, uh, and uh, and you know taking stock of what's happened over the last year and how the uh, pandemic has affected cities. Uh, seeing how cities bounce back, will they get back to the normal rhythm of running, where there are lots of people commuting uh, into into business districts? How will the people working from home situation uh, play out? Uh, how will uh, cities uh, need to um, uh, learn the lessons, uh, be communities, uh, provide uh, a, a, a safe uh, place for people to, to live uh, and to work uh, and to play. And so, yes, I agree with you. Resilience will be, I think, the watchword going forwards. I don't think we're going to use, lose the word smart, but I think it's going to be all about a balance between uh, smartness, resilience, and sustainability. Thank you, David, for taking the time to join us. And we really look forward to uh, the continued conversation with my colleague Daphne Benz on uh, the 5th of October. Nice. I really enjoyed the, uh, the conversation uh, and I look forward to, uh, to talking about this uh, in more detail at the conference uh, in October, as you say. 